Welcome to Men Are Nuts. It started M-A-N, acronym Men Are Nuts. It started with man and then it went to men, men are nuts. And this podcast is about mental health, emotional health, physical health, awareness in men. And it could be in, you know, in women, it could be in young people. Um, We're just talking about mental health in men and how it affects us, it affects the relationships that we have and the whole psyche of mental health and awareness. And I have a very special guest on for you today. Can you introduce yourself? I can. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, My name is is Adrian, Adrian Wetherill, um, and I'm currently uh, just outside of London. And... um, yeah, so I'm I'm very grateful, I'm very humbled, and I'm I'm very honoured that you have invited me onto onto your show, onto this podcast. I hope I can be of some some use. No, I mean, yeah, no, because you know I want I want people to come on, I want people to to talk about their experience and their thoughts, and you know it could be it could be you know there's so many things out there, and it doesn't have to you know it could be a range of things. That, you know I could have people come on here who could be comedians who can have make light of situations and just make people laugh about absolutely uh, absolutely so it'd be interesting to know your story and and just to talk about london so is that where you grew up or well i grew up um a little outside uh isleworth so it's greater london really um and uh yeah i I, i've got a a very long long story complex story which we'll keep for another time i think is uh i'll i'll talk to you after the podcast about my history and you can you can then divide it into the chunks that you need (laughs) because my i promise you my life is not straightforward at all many people said oh you need to start writing a book and uh maybe i will maybe i will but uh, right now (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah like i say we'd like to you know i'd like to hear your story you said it's it's um there's a, a myriad of of um there is uh, there is there's so much i could talk to you about my childhood growing up which actually um i think it's very important for men to talk about not just men but anybody but but since obviously your podcast uh men are nuts there's a lot of our lives i think that we we don't credit enough the yeah. past for how we are today yeah and i really think that that is something very very important to do and i know a lot of people just think oh well you know that's something that we should do in therapy but do you know what personally speaking i think it's very cathartic and it's a first step uh in forms of therapy being therapeutic to actually talk and discuss about our past and um and not just our near past. I'm talking about our distant past, yeah. uh, our childhoods, things that, that, that may have affected us that, that we may not be aware of. Yes, no. But um, I think it's a very important thing to do. Yeah. So you know, t- today, if you like, I'll just I'll just talk about my my near past in the police, if you like. Yeah, yeah, that'd be brilliant. And um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be brilliant to have that aspect, and you know, you know, and, and then have your your yeah, your past past. On another episode, and um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and yeah. How, by the way, how's London at the moment? Is it? Is it? Is it? Because um, it's freezing. Up. When you told me before I came on air, <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's cold where I am, and I just thought you, you, it's it's no different here. I can tell you that <laughs> yeah. it was nine degrees. No, I think it got nine degrees during the daytime, and that was with blue sky and, and sunshine. Right. And I think it's probably about four degrees right now. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because when I was. 
told people um, about the UK and, and the weather. Sometimes I've, I've said to them, sometimes, and I, I don't know if they realise it, but sometimes they, you know, I've said to them, UK can have four different weather patterns in one day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And you just said the sun was out, but it was freezing cold. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was beautiful blue sky. I've got a photograph because I took a photograph this morning to show uh, some other people who live abroad. And I said, it's beautiful out there, but it is cold. Right now I'm talking to you and it's, uh, it's just gone, what, six o'clock, something like that. And I'm sitting next to a radiator as I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how cold I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, you've, 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 you're from London, you've, you've been in the police force. So let's, let's take it. Let's take it from from there, because uh, you know I, I'm interested to learn more about the police, the police force, and how it affects yeah. you know men and, and, and people in the in, in the police force. I I joined the police um, what 15 years ago, so I was in the police for 12 years, and I've I've been out for about three years, um, and I. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in the police, especially during those early years that I was uh, that I was in. Uh, to make it absolutely clear, I wasn't in uniform at any stage of my police career. Yeah. I, I toyed with the idea; it nearly happened. I joined during, um, as I said to you before I came on air, I joined uh, during the Tony Blair years of government, yeah. when he had made, uh, uh, shall we say, like a promise to, to the people that he was going to have more uh, uniform police on the streets, more visible policing. Yeah. And obviously that, that meant that uh, you were going to need people to do the back office stuff. And uh, that's where I came in. Right. I'd had previous investigation experience. Um, I'd worked for benefit fraud. I'd worked for councils doing council tax and housing benefit fraud. I'd had about six years of, of doing that. So I knew how to take a statement. I knew how to interview people under caution. So I came in under that proviso. And I thought this was going to be just a temporary job. You know, it's just going to be uh, maybe six months to a year, helping the police out, taking statements, doing a couple of interviews, and then I'll probably look for something else in the private sector. And I think as many people who may have gone the civilian route will tell you, uh, once you're in the police, <laughs> it tends to just hold on to you. So uh, I did 12 years altogether, wow. being a civilian investigator, working for CID, and uh, later on working for the Sexual Offences Investigation Team. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was an an immense part of my life it changed me without a doubt yeah. um, more than anything else um, has made me the person I currently am yeah. I'm very grateful for it because it has it has done me well um, all, all the experiences that I had have really really um, redone me well in, in my life both during and since um, so I am very grateful. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. However, it, it, it does need to be said, and, and it's the same in any walk of life. Whatever career you take, it's going to have an effect on you. And those effects are not going to be just one. They're not going to be just purely positive. Yeah. You're, going to have a neg you're going to have negatives as well. It's, it's just part of the course with whatever we do in life. Yeah. Um, and for me, when I joined the police, I was obviously a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so it was new. There was novelty involved. And I just, like a, a sponge, I soaked it up and I loved it. It was, wow, this is something I didn't get to see in my earlier investigative years. How I was young were you? To... How, how young were you when you joined? 
Um, well, I suppose I must have been uh, early 30s, maybe late 20s even. Right. And um, I really, really enjoyed the challenge. I was being given responsibilities that I that I hadn't uh, I hadn't done before. And the more I proved myself, the more readiness I showed, the more willing, the more eagerness I, I showed, um, the more responsibility um, the police gave me. Yeah. And they, 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 they saw that I wasn't afraid to get involved, rolled my sleeves up, uh, which I wasn't. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to get more involved. It's part of my character to want to help, to want to learn as well. Yeah. So I was looking over people's shoulders saying, you know, oh, what's that? And can I get involved? And they're like, yeah, sure. Roll your sleeves up, get involved. And, uh, and I did. Right. And so for those, those first few years, I absolutely thrived on this. You know, I thought, wow, I'm, I'm getting to feel like I'm actually properly almost almost a police officer without having to put on the uniform and and go through the through the stages which in many ways i I regret because um i think that would have been just as important in my evolution yeah yeah. it just it just never happens there's there's another story in that which i'll tell you another day nevertheless i i loved it uh it was exciting and um it was challenging and to begin with, I love those challenges. Yeah. And it wasn't until after about, what, four or five years that it began to affect me. And um, the long hours, the, the difficult situations, the work-life balance, this all eventually, as I'm quite well aware, any officer will tell you, is a challenge in itself. Yeah. And... It, 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 it's it's not easy for everybody. Some people can handle it very well, uh, but we're all different in terms of personalities and characters. And for me, it started to affect my, I would say, let's be blunt, it did affect my mental health. Yeah. Um, my family began to make comments about how I was a different person, how I'd become a lot more abrupt, a lot more blunt, a lot more stoic. Uh, which I never was before. Yeah. I was sort of a, a happy-go-lucky, cheeky chappy before, and it was starting to take the shine off me. Yeah. Um, the things that I saw, the, the people that I dealt with, it all began to affect uh, me as a person. Yeah. And um, that's when I decided, after almost 12 years in the job, I I was offered a, a, an exit, a route out, and I decided to call time, and I took that route, yeah. and I, I, I quit. During, you know, during the last few years, I began to see a lot of my close friends, lots of colleagues who became close friends, yeah. suffer with depression, and um, sad to say, I, I lost at least one to to suicide. Oh, really? uh, a fellow officer, yeah, a fellow fellow friend of mine, fellow officer, I should say, um, just found no no other comfort and decided to take his own life he was he was thoroughly depressed and um i think that really was for me that was the ultimate call it said look you know i didn't want to go down that route myself yeah yeah. so at the time you had that you said you had family and and was that your like you said was that your was that like the immediate family your mum and 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 Yes, my mum, dad, my uh, my, my, an ex-girlfriend, yes. And uh, people began to notice I was wasn't the same person I had been before I joined the police. Yeah. Um, I think that's to be expected anyway, but I think that the extent to which it changed me and the style in which it changed me um, were the things that that, that, that worried, concerned my immediate friends and family. Yeah. 
So what made, because those those descriptions of the way you were kind of, I kind of hint, I kind of um, hi, were highlighted because I'm highlighting that in my mind because I can, I can, I started to look and think, well, you know, as police, as for a lot of police officers, they have, they they do come. Dare I say they they do come across as stoic and and yes. and kind of almost know, the word hardened or whatever they, they, they have these those words that you gave there um, in a sense. Well, I think we pressure, have to. I think anybody who joins the police, yeah, yeah anybody who joins the police uh, uh, in any at any level or a, a, you know a, in any regard, if you work for the umbrella of the police force, I think that you have to develop. A harder skin, yeah. In order to survive, yeah. You have to develop a stoic mindset. Yeah. You have to become hardened, as you said. You, yeah. you, you just do, and that is only in order to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in doing so, in, in, in donning that armor, yeah. The people who are close to you feel that you are then um, harder to reach because of that armor, because of that wall that you're building. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the problem for some people and I, you know in a, in a nice way I'm very jealous of them that they're able to literally take that armor off the minute they they walk out the doors of the police station uh, or they dismantle that wall instantly and but for some people uh, that armor is still on yeah and even, and that armor became you you know you, you just never stop wearing it yeah. and I think that's what happened to me as I'm sure it does to a lot of people yeah. uh, a lot of people say you know you're very different to how I remember you 10 years ago yeah. and and some of it I take that as a compliment and some of it I, I sort of lament it in a little way so in saying that because you know sometimes we look at and I know I, I, I get what you're saying because sometimes we do look at people and think that they're dealing with it um, they are dealing with certain things and it's and it's you know how you deal with such a situation and how another person but sometimes we don't even know how they might be dealing with it so yes they may take the armor off and, and walk out the door and and yours hanging on to yours but we we don't know what they're going home to do you see what I mean correct so, um, yes in a sense yes they, they might walk out and might smile and, and give, you know but sometimes we don't realize that they they might be they might be um, that might just be uh, um, like well that was it that is exactly what you're saying is absolutely right I didn't realize that I was undergoing changes that what I'd seen in my days my weeks my months my years was affecting me I thought I'm still the same guy yeah it's still me yeah. but other people were telling me listen mate you're you're very different and I thought well how it's just it, it's me this is me yeah. people are like no but you weren't like this the way you're looking at this particular situation this isn't the Adrian I used to know yeah. and that was that, that hit me hard when people started telling me that especially especially family yeah so uh, in a sense so, yeah. so in a sense when when you were going when you were being um, in, in a sense told that you you were being like this this and this and you were yes. kind of denying it. Was you, you was like, in, like almost in a self-denial, but you didn't realise. Um, I was denying it, and then I'd go, you know, when you have time on yourself, or just before you go to sleep, and it, it would, it would bother me. Yeah. It would really bother me. Yeah. So would you have and a sleepless well, night? I don't feel or... different. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've been through the lot. I've, I've been through medication, you know, taking sleeping tablets and yeah. uh, antidepressants. I've, I've been down that road. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm very happy to say I'm no longer on those roads or on those meds or anything. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, I, I have been there and uh, it, it's, it's not a nice place to be. And I think if you find yourself needing that kind of support, I'm talking about medication, yeah. then you need to question yeah. really yeah. your relationship with the job. Yeah. Whatever job, I'm not. I'm not just saying police. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's anything. Yeah. You need to question your relationship with the job, and you, you you need to be looking at yourself whether you're really happy, um, and what you can do to to, to change that. Yeah. Which is what I did. You know, that, that's why after 12 years, I was happy to call call time on it um, because it was right for me. I'd been. I had an option. And this is, I know this is difficult for everybody. In fact, it, it feels impossible for most people. They think, well, I don't have the option, Adrian. You know, I, I'm here for life. This is my career. Um, I always say to those people, there's always an option. Yeah. There's always a door. It may be a tiny door. Yeah. And it may be only be a, a, open a sliver, but you have got to look for that. If that is something that you think that you want to do, which is to, to, to leave, then you need to really, really go all out to look for that option and make that make that uh, that option available to yourself i've done it and i did it in a in a quite spectacular way which we can save for another podcast but you can do it it can be done i'm living proof it can be done i'm living proof there is life after the job yeah. any job i mean whatever you think oh well you know what am i going to do after that i went and had a complete complete change of career I didn't just walk from the police to something else involved in security yeah. I went from the police to teaching English as a foreign language yeah, yeah. and I've never been a teacher before my life yeah. I just decided I need to do something different with my life I need to be feeling that I'm making a positive difference I, I stayed with the police because I believe in, in the ethos of the police yeah. um, I, I, I want to help people that's bottom line and if I can help put bad people away, then that's that's a bonus. But after the after the, the twelve years for me, um, it, it, it had affected me in, in a way that I didn't like, and I decided to go and do something else where I was still making a positive contribution with much much less of the negatives. So that's why I ended up teaching English as a foreign language. So in a sense, then with with you, you said that was it a few years in, or was it? Yeah, four was it four or five, About four years, or five years? years? Yeah, and then you start. I, mean, I loved those first years. I loved them. So, did you start in a sense in yourself when when you did you? If anyone, if no one had pointed it out, were you were, were you still aware, or were you feeling that you were changing, or or were you feeling any sort of stress or whatever up until that you know up until that point? Well, I thought the stress the stress is just comes as part and parcel of life. I yeah. thought you know, which it does. So when when you're stressed out, you just think, well, well, you know, get a grip, just harden yourself up, get on with it. Yeah. This is your this is your life now. You made the choice to come here. Now deal with it. And this is a challenge. You know, put it under your belt. Just just get on with it. Yeah. And I kind of, I suppose, I, I relished having myself change or changing myself. Yeah. I kind of relished that. It felt like I was, I was. I don't know, maturing, growing up, who knows, whatever. You just feel, well, that, that's something else I've dealt with today. You know, dealt with a, a suicide today, dealt with a, a, a attempted murder today, dealt with a rape today. Never did that before. Something new, you know, 
Yeah. But when it's so subtle, you don't realise it straight away. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I had to go and interview a mother who had uh, found her her son after he'd committed suicide. Yeah. And she just broke down in my arms, and I just dealt with it as you know, it's another day at the job. Is you know, and it wasn't for many, many days, if not weeks later, that it really, it really began to haunt me. I began thinking about this woman. Yeah. At the time, you don't. You just deal with it. I've got this job. I've got to take this woman's statement. Get in, get out, done. And it's not for, for a long time afterwards. Suddenly, your mind just brings it back to the fore and says, you know, I wonder what that, wonder what it felt like for that mother to, to come home and find her, her son like that. Yeah. And I wonder how she's doing now. And that then affects me. That then starts eating into me. Yeah. And if you can imagine, you've just got days like this. And you're looking around your office and everyone's just dealing with stuff and they're just getting on. You know, we, you use a lot of black humour to get over it and you don't see anybody suffering. Yeah. But it's only later when you start suffering, you think, I wonder if everyone else in my office is also suffering in some way, shape or form that they aren't sharing, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, because I spoke to... And it was only when people didn't turn up for work. You know, in my offices, I, I, people would, well, where, where's so-and-so? Are they on annual leave? No, 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 they're... Um, they're on long-term sick. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you don't think it's going to happen to you? Because I spoke to a police officer the other day, police constable, and, and he he said he, you know, he'd been in, a, in an accident and he suffered from PTSD. And, yeah. And, you know, he's, he did mention that there was, I think there was something like 27 suicides last year and stuff like that yeah and we don't and as as it kind of it kind of that part took me by surprise obviously i know about stress and and jobs and but that part took me by surprise because the police job was always seen as this this thing where you know in the past it was almost like if you're on the beat or in a a sense and you know the, the, the local community officer and walking around and you know smiling and but thing like you said, things have. Ch- do you, I mean, do you feel that, that it's because things have changed now in society that more and more things are happening, and you know, there's less police on the, the beat, and there's more paperwork, and and then adding that, you you. Then... It's Andy. It's everything. It, it's never one thing. I'm a big believer in that. It's there's never one solution to a problem. It, it's a culmination of, of factors. And um, it all needs to be addressed holistically. Yeah. It's everything. The law needs to be changed. The bureaucracy needs to be cut down. Uh, uh, the police as an institution needs to be uh, uh, um, better received by the public that it serves. It, there are so many things. There are so many things that we, you know, it's not going to be done overnight. That's far too flippant to say that. But it, it's a process and we need to start this process. And I think what you and other like-minded people are doing by bringing mental health to the fore is showing that it affects all of us. Yeah, people tend to just look at police, especially people who've never worked in the police or have no family in the police. They just they, they, they look at the police as, uh, as an institution, but that they are different. It literally is them and us. Yeah. And we need to start breaking down that barrier first and foremost. They are no different. They are doing a job. They're doing a fantastic job. You're always going to have bad apples. That just is part of the course in any career. But by and large, the police are doing a thankless task. 
um, doing amazing work and I don't feel that they get half the support, especially in this arena of mental health. They do not get the support that I think they deserve. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that because... Um... They just go off for long-term sick and it's like, oh, well, they, yes. so we're just going to let them go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and let them find a therapist yeah. uh, on their time with their money. Yeah. And I just don't feel that's a suitable response. I was just about to ask you that because I was going to ask you, is there enough or is there any support within the, the, the police force that is, this is, I can't a, give you this a factual, is a mental health I can't give you a factual answer. Yeah. I cannot give you a factual answer. And don't forget, I left three years, three, three years ago. Yeah. I don't know if there's been any sudden change in that. But when I left after I had recently been to the suicide of, of, of a colleague and friend yeah. um, who, who wasn't supported, um, I felt that there clearly was not enough support. Yeah. And that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, that really does. And, and this, this whole weakness thing, you know, oh, it's weak to talk about it. Why is it weak? Just because you're feeling strong at the moment, you know, everything else you've dealt with for the last 15 years are just going to creep up on you and it's just going to... It's just going to hit you when you least expect it. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So how did you feel, in a sense, you, 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 how did you feel at coming towards the end of it or at the end? How did you feel? Relief. Relief. How was your... Utter relief. Yeah. It was like a weight lifted from my shoulders. Um, no more responsibility. Um, no more getting up in the morning um, and looking towards having to deal with people uh, and their problems that I I felt I didn't have the energy or the reserves or the empathy or even the sympathy to deal with. Yeah. Because it saps your energy. If you're that way inclined, and I dare say quite a considerable amount of police officers who join the police have a lot of empathy, have a lot of sympathy. That's why they join, most of them, because they want to help. And then when you're giving of yourself to the victims um, of, of, of ostensibly crimes, um, you're giving of yourself and that's depleting your energy. Yeah. And that's what was happening with me. Yeah. And look, I wasn't even on the front line in terms of I wasn't walking the beat. Uh, I was just called in to, to deal with the victims um, after, you know, after a suspect had been called in. And for me, you know, listening to their stories and writing their stories, uh, being in their company for several hours. I mean, that was hard yeah. for 12 years doing that. For me, that was enough. Yeah. yeah. And I can hear the way you're speaking as well. I can hear you speaking. Yeah. I can hear... My, you... my, my, my mind is back there. You, you, yes, you've taken me. It. It, 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 I'm right back there now. I'm just... I'm, I'm imagining being with some of the people who, who really affected me, some of the cases that really affected yeah. me. And I can really and, hear it. Uh, I can really hear it in your voice because I'm your voice sorry. Is... Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. That's that's good because, um, like you say, it's, it's it can be having a talk and 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 coming onto this podcast can be like you say cathartic because what's, what's it's happening? very cathartic. You can it's hear yourself. Why I'm having to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you, and I can hear you. You know, even though I can't see, I can hear. I can hear your voice changing because at, at the beginning of the conversation, it's. You would, and you're laughing and, and even during this you've been laughing but and then I can hear your voice and it's taking you back and it's and, yeah. and, and I can hear that right that must have been he, he's not just saying this this must that must have yeah. been a very very um, 
uh, like stressful time. I was going to ask you, how did you manage to? Did you? Did you? Because you had a family around you. Did you? Did you? Because as men, and if you're then doing that job, um, we don't talk. Well, it, dist- it, dist- it destroyed my relationship with my my now ex fiance. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up moving back home to my parents' house. Yeah. And then that obviously has added pressures to it. And my parents obviously seeing me every every day, every night, come home from work. And that's when sort of my dad sort of stepped up to me and said, you're, you're not the same person. What's happened to you? Yeah. You're very negative. You're very pessimistic. You're very cynical. Um, you, need, you need to change this. And I said, well, I can't. You know, this is me now. Mm. This is who I have to be. Yeah. And it wasn't, and you just say that and then you walk out of the room and, you know, came to my bedroom and I just sat and thought about it and I thought, God, I don't even remember who I used to be. You know, you just think that you are the same person all all the way through your life. You don't notice the change. So that's when I decided, it it really, it just came to a, it just came to a full stop after, after my friend uh, and colleague's suicide. And uh, after I'd seen many, many other officers who, who I was close to just go off on long-term sick and I thought yeah. this is a sign and I don't want to be one of those people going off on long-term sick and I can feel it coming I can feel it on the horizon I can see it on the horizon and um, yeah that's when I had to I had to call time on it yeah so when you were told and you know just uh, you know just kind of t- t- yeah. um, touch upon this part and this I think this is a very important part um, when you were when the, the moment or that time when you you were told um, you know, your friend had, you know, had committed suicide, and yeah. you know how how did how 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 did that make you feel? You know, did you did you get a chance to open up to anybody or talk to anybody, or did you did you bottle that up inside and then say no, no, no I bottled this, it up. I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone. This is not. Yeah, I'm going to get I, out. I, I, I'm no. going to get out. You just don't in the police. It's just not something that that you do. You, you know because. You turn to your colleagues left and right of you and you know they're all going through the same thing. So you think, well, why bother talking about it? Because they don't need it any more on their shoulders than me moaning about my, you know, how I feel. And that's why I just thought, well, we need to talk to somebody else. Um, You can't talk... No, I can't say I can't. You can't. But it it feels like you can't can't talk to anybody outside of the job because they just don't understand. Um, you, you talk to, to to somebody who isn't in the job, and they just go, "Well, just leave." And then you say, "Look, you don't get it. Um, I can't just leave. Yeah. It's not that simple." And then I've got added worries. Well, what do I do if I just leave? How am I going to put bread on the table? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to ta- who's going to employ me anyway? Because you know what the what the what the general um, what the feeling is for most people outside of the police force. Yeah. And the prejudice. Yeah. I have it now. I, as I said, and I keep saying, I, I, I have utter respect for the people that wore the uniform because I never did. But I, I tell you, I promise you now, I still have that prejudice. It's on my CV. Oh, you worked for the police, did you? Yes. What, what's, what's the problem with that? Oh, well, you know, it's it's a little difficult, you know, hiring you because, you know, I'm like, what, the prejudices? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So you worry about this. So so when, you, when you're trying to talk to someone about, I need to leave, but I'm scared to leave because where do I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of this, all of this was 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 building up in me, and I, I, I just, you know, my heart goes out for people that are, are battling this right now, who are still in service, 
and thinking, well, how the hell do I get out of this? Yeah. I love it, but I hate it because I loved it. Yeah, yeah. This, what's not to love about helping people and stopping the bad guys? That's really one of the most basic fundamental uh, um, things in, 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 in most humans is I want to do something good in my life. Yeah. I want to protect people. And, and that's really what the police is about. Yeah. And, um, and when it comes to it, yeah, when it, the irony is you you need protecting as well. Who protects yeah, the protectors? Right, say the same thing. Yeah, you, yeah. you need protecting as well, and, and it goes for a lot you need of, supporting. Yeah, it goes yeah. For, it goes for a lot of jobs where you do this thing where you you're protecting that. It could be a teacher. It could be this where you're protecting, helping to protect um, people around you, children, young people, yeah. or whatever. And then you're yeah. Who who protects you? Um, and and you know. So I, you know, I totally, I totally understand, and you know, yeah. and for for you, I mean, you, 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 in a sense, you, you like, like some, probably a few others, um, have managed to come through the other side and, and decided, you know, what this is, this is enough. Um, I'm going to have a, a, a career change. Um, yes. And it, and it must, it must have been a massive, a massive weight off your shoulders. It was. I mean, it was just phenomenal that I, I no longer had to uh, wear a face, wear, wear this emotional armour. I could, I could just be myself. Yeah. I wasn't going to deal with people on the worst day of their lives anymore. Yeah. I wasn't going to listen to, 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 to horrible things anymore and have to write down negativity and, and pessimism and... I wasn't going to have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I, and that was that was a wonderful feeling yeah. uh, when I realised. Well, I'm you know as I said, my, my last stint in the police was work was working for the sexual offences uh, sexual offences team, and some of the horrific things that you have to deal with. Yeah. They're not horrific when you're dealing with them. When you're in the police, you have this armour on, and you you you, you have this gallows humour and this black humour, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I've got yeah. Guess what case I've got to deal with? Guess what happened to this? person but it's only later you think oh my god you know do you realize what i was dealing with do you realize the videos i saw do you realize the things i saw um it's not healthy yeah it's not healthy to deal with that on a regular basis uh and we shouldn't kid ourselves that it is and we do we do because that's the job we I hate to use the word lie we don't lie to ourselves but we we, we, we do cover it up we do we do kid ourselves that yeah well this is part of the job okay it may be part of the job but it's not it's not normal to do this day in day out yeah so it's you, going to affect you so you would say then and, and I'm and I'm you know I know what you're going to say because I'm going I'm to ask you the question anyway but so you <laughs> you would say that in those, in, in all, in nearly all these type of jobs are where people are, you know, particularly like in police force and, you know, Emergency armed forces, services. armed forces, armed forces needs, military. Yeah, yeah, it needs, it needs people, it needs people, those, those professions need people who can help, not just, you know, to yes. talk about counsellors and it needs people to help and mentor them on the job and, you know, to kind of let them know where, what they might be, go, you know, they're about to go through. Yes. Absolutely. Support is the word. Yeah. We need support, and we need support from people who've been through it and are no longer in it and have gone the other side. Because then we can feel, um, we can feel a they understand yeah. and b they've made it. And we want to see that people have made it because it gives us hope. 
not taking anything away from the wonderful work that counsellors do or therapists do, yeah, yeah. but we need some in any career this doesn't just go for the police in any career we need someone to talk to who's been through it i don't want to talk to a therapist who hasn't got the first clue i don't want to talk to a yeah to a counselor who hasn't got the clue and it's just going to give me you know um some some sort of phrase that you know oh it'll be all right in the end i don't need that i need someone to say listen mate been there done that i know exactly what you're going through listen it it, it will be right because i'm living proof of it let's talk about what you've been through because i've been through it too so there's nothing here that's going to shock me um i'm going to listen to you and i I, i'm going to walk with you because i've been there too yeah and and that's what that's what's needed yeah and i I don't want to sound like a soundbite because i spoke about this on a couple of podcasts you you know and you hit the nail on the head there um in in you know different i should say different nails on the head um yeah the film the joker Weird. Yes, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very aware of it. Yeah, if you watch, there's a there's a one point, and I'm not going to spoil any, you know, the rest of the film for you, but it's an absolutely yeah. brilliant film, um, absolutely brilliant, and and it's you know it's not you know it's no superhero thing, and it's 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 about no, yeah. this man, and it could be any job, but he just happens to be, um, you know, playing you know like a clown like figure, and we know t- clowns yeah. like tears of a clown, you know, you get yeah. upon that as well. With a mask. Yeah. So yes. there's one bit where he's speaking to a counsellor, and he, he, early in the film, and he's and the counsellors are saying these things, and but she's been, he's just sitting there, you know. Then later in the film, he comes back to, you know, he's obviously someone that he's been seeing for years, and he just basically says to her that you, you, you every time I come here, you ask me the same questions, and it's the same thing yeah. over again. And you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm going through. I'm, like I say, all powers of counsellors. I mean, I'm not gonna, because counsellors are doing a brilliant job anyway. But in, in now, in the modern kind of era, what's needed is if you can have counsellors that have been through. You know, if you've got a counsellor in, in the police force, for instance, and someone who's been in the police force who then turns into, um, becomes, you know, gets the counsellor certificates and all that sort of stuff, who's been through. Yeah. Specific police, or should I say police specific or emergency services specific counsellors yes. would be absolutely phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's up to the government to, to, to now start to put, in a sense, pull the finger out and, you know, and like I say, this, I'm glad well, you I think the, the, the police chiefs need to need to address it. To the, the government don't know unless we tell them. Yeah, exactly. No, that's and, and, and so we need people fighting our corner in the police to tell the government, look, this is what we need, because otherwise we're just losing staff, um, you know, regularly uh, because of this problem. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't be contributing to the problem. Half the problems that I dealt with in the police, I'm not talking about my problems, half the cases I dealt with in the police were attributable to either addictions or mental health, if you really want to break it down to, to, to its grassroots. Yeah. yeah, whether it be domestic violence, rape, or, or, or anything else you can think of. Yeah. The root of it is mental health, which then leads to addiction and then leads to anger and violence and God knows what else. Let's, we, need, we shouldn't be contributing to this problem by then putting our officers in that same potential uh, situation. Yeah, and that's, and that's right, because like you say, they could go on to do the same things that they've, they've um, in a sense... They can go home and do those things to, you know, to the into their partners getting angry and change of change a, of personality. Yeah, there's a famous saying, and I can't remember. I think it might have been Nietzsche or, or someone like that. They said, you know, beware of, of of those who fight monsters, 
in case you yourself become a monster. Yeah, yes, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah and, and I think this is so—it's just so true. Yeah. If we are dealing with that problem of people who themselves have mental health issues, then we ourselves need to make sure that we have the correct weaponry and and, and armor to deal with it, that we don't become that that we're fighting against. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I'd like to thank you for you for coming on, and um, like I say, we, we can we can definitely have some more. Um, Absolutely, and I promise I'll be a lot a lot a lot more chipper next time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I say, like I say, this is this is very important, and, and it's so important, and if this this message, you know, you know, if this message can get out there, and it will do, because it will it will be doing, you know, be getting out there. Um, like I say, um, you know, there's so many so many people with different stories to tell, and. Obviously, the theme is kind of the similar theme is, is happening, and um, I like this podcast to keep running and running, and people to get on here and talk about the, their thoughts and, and what they've gone through, and um, and just like little snippets of stories and things like that. So, you know, all power for you, all power to you for coming on because it, you know sometimes. Well, power to you for, for creating this and, and allowing us to, to come on and, and tell our stories and hopefully help other people that are going through it. Yeah, like I say, sometimes it can't be it can't be easy to come on and, and speak to, you know, you know, I, I, you know, we've, we've just met and stuff like that. So it can't be it can't be easy to come on and speak and think about what what you went through in the past. But those things are important because it helps the listeners to kind of understand and and kind of connect connect with you because somewhere along the lines there's somebody out there putting i don't know some wireless headphones in or wide headphones in or just listen sit, sat there listening listening on the sofa or wherever they are in bed listening to the podcast and and sort of thinking you know what that's that resonates with me or um my husband my, my god my husband must be wonderful all my husband's going through as a, as a police officer because sometimes they yeah. As men, we don't like we say. As men, we don't. We might not tell the partner. So, a partner could be listening to the podcast and thinking, "Well, I wonder. Wow, I didn't realize that he could be going through this, this, and this, and he's just coming home, yeah. and eating dinner, and smiling, and and yeah, or, or this is it, or not even asking a partner. Well, you know, what did you what did you have to deal with today? Don't don't go into too much detail, but but what, what kind of cases were you dealing with? Because yeah. you just think, oh. They're just a police officer, so they've just gone out and dealt with, I don't know, traffic offences or something yeah. boring like that. And you never know what they've actually had to deal with and what they've had to see, who they've had to talk to. And usually the police officers themselves will come home and, and they won't want to share it because, again, they're in protective mode. Yeah. They want to protect you from all of that. Yeah. But I can tell you that they need support and they need to be coaxed out of that, that, that mode and been told, look, it's all right, you can tell me. Um, you don't have to tell me in great detail, but just talk about it. Yeah. Let's get it off your chest because it, it, you're wearing it on your shoulders. Yeah. So last word from you then, and, and just, you know, just kind of sum up how you feel about um, how how men should, you know, and, and, and just people in, in the uniform and, and just in life should should um, express their, their thoughts and views. On mental health and we, we need to talk to people and I appreciate that we all have friends I've got I've got mates uh, who weren't in the police I can't talk to them as easily about this particular issue as I could do to mates who were in the police yeah. um, we need to seek out people who we trust who we can confide in um, and talk 
and not necessarily doesn't have to be a therapist you don't have to pay thousands for it it just has to be someone who is empathetic and sympathetic and will listen without judgment and 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 can take all of that and they're not easy people to find but they are out there and especially if we're talking about from a police angle i am seeing a great deal since i've joined linkedin the last couple of years which i'm really happy about i'm seeing a lot of ex-police um ex-emergency services uh people personnel who are now starting this up because it's so so important it's relevant and it's needed go and talk to someone find someone we're out here we're we're, you know uh, i've even got on my linkedin page if anybody needs to talk about anything to do with mental health i am here to 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 listen uh without judgment without prejudice just just for someone else to get it off their shoulders um so that's what i you know i want to offer help brilliant brilliant well thanks for coming on and uh, you know um I will power to you and, and um, like I say, I'd love to have you on again. Absolutely, Andy. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, yeah, let's do this again. I've got a lot more, uh, a lot more stuff to, to, to talk about if people want to hear about um, other sides of mental health, not just uh, job-related. Yeah. Right, thank you. And that was Men Are Nuts, and I'll be seeing you next time.